Your honor, we glorify your holy name, Lord. We just thank you so much, Father, for this day because this is the day that you've given us, God. This is the day you've given us, and it's an amazing day, Lord. It's an amazing day to come here and worship you, God, to hear your word, O King of glory, God, to be planted in you, O King of glory, Jesus. And I pray, God, that as we come here, Lord, I know that there is so much that we are carrying from the outside, Lord. There is so much that's surrounding us. There is so much, Father. There is so much weight on our hearts, in our, on our minds, everywhere we, we are surrounded, O King of glory, Father. But we thank you, Lord, because here, Father, we find relief, O God. And Jehovah God, as we hear your word today, God, I pray, Lord, that Jehovah God, he may go deep into us, O God, and speak individually to us, O God. Let it not be a blanket statement, O King of glory, Father, but let it go into our hearts, O God, and refine us, O God. Reassure us, give us hope, O King of glory, for this new season, O King of glory, God. Let us come out of this place way better than we came here, God. Let us be built by you, O King of glory, Father. Holy Spirit, I invite you to be here, God. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Speak to us. Speak to us individually. In the name of Jesus, we thank you and we worship you, God. Move me out of the way, Lord, and just speak to your people, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So as we continue to um, look through the books of Hebrew, we are, talk- we are re- looking at Hebrew 13, verse 20. And we'll read. From when God made a promise to Abraham, he saw an oath by himself, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, saying, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply you. And so he have. So having patiently waited, he realized the promise in the miraculous birth of Isaac as a pledge of what was to come from God. Indeed, men swear by an oath by one greater than themselves, and with them in all dispute and oath serves as confirmation of what he, of what has been said, and in the end of the uh, and is an end to the dispute. In the same way, God, in His desire to know to show His heirs of promise, the unchangeable nature of his purpose intervened and guaranteed it. It was an oath. So that by two unchangeable things, his promise and his oath, in which it is, it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to him for refuge would have strong encouragement and indwelling strength to hold tightly to the hope set before us. This hope, this confident assurance, we have as an anchor of the soul. It cannot sleep. It cannot break under, under whatever pressure it bears on it. It's a safe and steady, steady fast hope that enters within the veil of the heavenly temple, the most holy place in which the very presence of God dwells, where Jesus has entered in advance as the forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. That name. I should train by now because I've read it a couple of times. All right. So... Before we, we go into this, into what God has for us, I want you to remember a few things. One is God made a promise to Abraham and he saw by himself because he could not swear by anybody who was greater than him. So that God makes God almighty. He's not going to swear by anybody else. And then in his desire to show his heirs, who, who, who part of us, we are that, of the promise, he has promised a note that is unchangeable. So he promised... And Abraham, and that oath is never going to be changed. He is God. He cannot swear by anybody else. And the oath, cannot be ch- the, the oath cannot be changed, right? And God does not lie. This, hope for, this is hope for all Christians, a confidence, assurance, an anchor of our soul that cannot sleep or break under any pressure. 
even during COVID, it cannot break. It doesn't matter what happens. It is an assurance, right? That it cannot sleep. It is so tied in there that it's never going to sleep. It doesn't matter what the weather is doing. doesn't matter what's pulling it. doesn't matter the condition. It can never sleep or break under any pressure. So that should give us hope. That should be a bigger amen from you guys. And then there is a safe and steadfast hope that enters this veil. The veil was torn and now because of Jesus, we can go directly to God. And I know that sometimes we talk about going directly to God, but do you really understand when you look at the Old Testament and think, what did it take us to go before God before? Right? Uh, the, other, the other day I was talking to Eva because I woke up and um, Eva was, was, uh, uh, she was praying. She was next to the bed and praying. And I was getting, I was brushing. And I looked over and I, I felt God was telling me, look at her. And I looked at her and God was like, guess what? She is now able to come to me. In just this moment right here. Think about the contrast of that. She just got out of bed. She knelt. And now she's praying to God. And we do, we do the same. But before, you'd have to go get goats. You'd have to travel a long way. Right? You'd have to come and make sure that you are, you had to be, the, the priest has to be holy in order for them to do this. So you can be able to meet God. So you can be able to tell what God wants. But now you can be driving and in the midst of driving, you can say, hey, I get to go to the holies of holies. Right? So this promise, this steadfastness, this hope that we have is greater than the way we look at it. Because for us, it's, oh, I get to go talk to God. I get to go and pray. Did you say your prayers? Yes, I did for two seconds and then I'm done. Versus these people had to plan within their ear to go and plan how they're going to live where they are, buy, raise, raise goats and uh, raise sheep and all the things that needed for sacrifice, and then bring them so then they can be forgiven of their sins. Yet now we can just come to Christ and say, I have sinned. I have come short of your glory. Please forgive me. And then we fail again and we do it again tomorrow. It should not be a casual thing that we do. It should be a great thing that we get to do. So Jesus entered as a forerunner. And the word forerunner means that a forerunner is somebody who goes before you. So we get to follow. And that's the beauty of it. We get to follow. There's a place made for us. So today I want us to talk about the word resolve. So when I talk about resolve, what comes to your mind? It's a rhetorical question. So, But think about it. When I say talk about resolve, what, does, what comes to your mind? The dictionary defines it, at least for now, because they keep changing back and forth. Um, it talks about a resolve is to settle and find a solution to a problem dispute on contentious matter. It's to decide firmly on the course of an action. It's a firm determination to do something. So if you resolve that you're going to do something, it is a firm determination to do something. And how many of you guys know that there's a war going on right now and that war is for your soul? Right? And we need to make a choice. We need to make a resolve that no matter what happens, I am going to be planted. I'm going to be anchored in Christ. We need to make a resolve that no matter what comes my way, no matter what tries to pull me, no matter what I lose, that I have made a resolve that I am going to follow Christ no matter what. No turning back, no turning back, right? 
We sing that song, right? And I, you know, when you think about it, the choice of uh, the choice whether to to be anchored, whether to stay resolved, that is a choice that needs to be made today. As, actually, as a matter of fact, it's a choice we should have made yesterday, but the next best day is today, right? So as we go through this text, ask yourself, where am I anchored? Where am I anchored? Where am I, where am I anchored? Like truly, where am I anchored? See, because when you think about it, everything in life is a choice, right? Only three people. Everything in life is a choice, right? <laughs> Good job, Pastor Matt. (laughs) Everything we do, we have control over. We have a choice of how to react. Even the things that we do not have control, like the elections and stuff like that, guess what? We still have control because we can react in a certain way. Right? No matter what comes our way, we can act in a different way. We can choose to to act in a certain way. More so, in our spiritual walk, the veil is torn... So then you can choose to go before God. And we do not have to wait for somebody else to be cleansed, to be right, to do all those things. We get to go there. And we have to resolve whether we have to resolve the choice. When we have to make a choice and we resolve that we are always going to go before God. And we are going to go to the veil. We have a choice and we have to resolve. Make a firm determination to stay anchored within the veil. When it comes to Christian work... We don't make a resolve because we have the right to do that. And Pastor Matt talked about it. It's not our own justification. It's only because of Christ that we get there. But I know when we talk about it, it's because of Christ. Sometimes we look at it like we have an out. Like, hey, I am not there because of, you know, I have to wait for Christ to carry me and take me to that place. Right? But the Bible in Proverbs 16:1 says, "The plan of mind, the plan, the plan of the mind, and the ordinary thinking belongs to man, but from the Lord comes a wise answer of the tongue." Man has to exercise his own reasoning in making the decision. Man has to make. That was smart. Let me say it again. Man had to make. <laughs> man has to exercise his own reason to making his decision, but that has to be dependent on the Lord. Right. Because I think sometimes you're like, yeah, what's going on with you? Oh, COVID is going on. I'm just waiting on the Lord. What's going on? Oh, we are waiting for the elections. I'm just waiting on the Lord. But the Bible says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. So if really you're waiting for the Lord and you're not drawing near to him, who draws first? Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Who draws first? We do, right? But it says, like, I'm just going to wait here. We all have a part to play. And we have to resolve that we are going to do our part. We resolve to stay anchored to the Lord and the God and the Lord will give us away. So if I ask you again today, where are you anchored? Truly, I'm asking you, where are you really anchored? Right? Where is your line? Where is your line anchored to? What if I ask you, what if I ask your friends where you're anchored, what would your friends say? What if I ask your family where you're anchored, what would your family say? What if I ask your pastor, your co-workers, what would they say? I'm sure if we hang out with you for 24 hours and I looked at your life and you looked at my life or look at somebody else's life, we can tell pretty much where we have anchored our lives. <laughs> 
where we've anchored our hope, the things that matter to us, the things that we take dear, the things that are going to keep us away from being anchored to Christ because those are our comfort blankets and we do not want to lose them. So again, I ask you, where are we anchored? So this evening, I want us to check our lines and check where our line is tethered to, where our line is tied to. So here's my first point. How are we anchored? And the answer is, in Christ alone, through Christ, and by Christ. In Christ alone, through Christ, and by Christ. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, dearly, dearly praised the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, so whoever believes in him, whoever trusts in him, clings to him, relies on him, shall not perish, but have eternal everlasting life. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given a right standing to with God through faith, let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold to and enjoy peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah and the Anointed One. Acts 4.12 says, and there, is, so, and there is salvation and in and through no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by and in which we must be saved. We have to be anchored in Christ. He died. We talked about it. We sang and we say he died on the cross for us. Right? We have to be anchored in Christ. We cannot come to, Christ. We cannot come to the holies of holies unless we go through Jesus Christ. Right? We have to be anchored. We have an anchor that is strong and immovable. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, when I think about an anchor, I know that most of the time we think about a boat. And for the spiritual analysis, for, for as we talk about this, think about it this way. So let's say this is the holies of holies right here, right? This is where the anchor is. And you have the line that I'm talking about. So when I think about the anchor myself, I think about me anchored over here, and I only have a limitation of how far the rope goes, right? And so if for some reason everything starts going crazy on the side, outside, the rope can only take me to the door. That is as far as I can go. If I hear screaming and shouting and things are going crazy, I can only go to that extent, right? And see, in the spiritual world, that's the same way we need to be. We need to be anchored so much in Christ that we are only working in the confines of what he allows us to do. Because what happens is we think that we can still be anchored in Christ. However, our rope is so long and we manipulate it however we want that when we hear anything, we just run to it and then we assume that because I'm anchored, then I'm okay. But that's not what we have been called. We are called to be anchored in Christ in a way that no matter what happens, I can only go to the confines of Christ. Because if I can go to that path, I know that Christ can see me and he can be able to pull me. I know that I can be in a safe place. We have to be anchored to that anchor that is strong and immovable. The other part is we want to grab our anchors and move it around anywhere. So then we feel, yes, we still have the, we still have the same rules and regulations that are holding us. But then we are taking them everywhere we want to go. But God is saying, I am, not imm- I am immovable. I am steady and I am immovable. I am strong. This is where I stand. And if you want to be my child, if you want to go to heaven, if you want to stay with me, you have to stay within my confines. See, we have a choice 
where our chains will be anchored. Galatians 6, 8 says, For he who sows in his own flesh, uh, law, nature, uh, sensuality, will from the flesh reap decay and ruins and destruction. But he who sows in the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. And sowing in the spirit is staying in that confines of Christ. It's deciding that I will not be movable. I will not manipulate my rope. I will not manipulate my anchor. I am going to stay where Christ has planted me. See, when we are anchored in Christ, we are steady in our walk. All the other grounds is shaking ground. Right? Because think about it. When you're dragging around your rope that you've given yourself so much leeway, right? And you're dragging it and you're being chased. What does that look like? Are you steady when you're going? Right? When you go out there and you're gathering all these other stuff that are going to... Because think about it. If we had to feel... If you, if you are here and this is where you're grounded and that's the distance that you are allowed to go, you cannot fill this place with a bunch of stuff. Right? You can only fill it with the stuff that's important. But the minute you go out there and you're grabbing everything else, then you have stuff that you do not need. And so if I was chasing you, I'm not, but if I was chasing you, right, and you had the ropes and all that stuff, what would that look like? Would you be steady in your run? Would you run as fast as you're supposed to? Right? Yet we say that we are strong, but yet we are carrying all these things with us. See, when we are anchored in Christ, we are safe because you're in the confines of Christ. Doesn't matter how strong the wind blows, doesn't matter what comes my way. Doesn't matter what disease comes, what pandemic comes, what 2020 brings or 2021 or 2022, right? We may look forward and say, hey, we are looking forward to 2021. But dude, you guys were looking forward to 2020. <laughs> right? But the thing is, the only thing that did not change in 2020 was Christ. He did not change at all. Right? He was the same 20 in 1998. In 2020, he'll be the same 2035 if Christ hasn't come back yet. But he'll still be the same regardless. Right? But see, the thing is, we have to stay in the confines. Hebrews 6.19 says, This confidence assurance cannot sleep and it cannot break under whatever pressure bears upon it. Think about the pressures of your life right now. Think about the things that are pushing you in life right now. Think about the fears that you have. Think about the things you're hoping for. Think about the things that you're praying for. Think about your children, your family, your spouse. Those things that we are carrying, we are carrying and, and praying and hoping they'll be better. Right? If you're anchored in Christ, we are saved. And that assurance cannot sleep and it cannot break under whatever pressure it bears upon it. When we are anchored, anchored in Christ, we are prepared. See, the issue with most of us is we are scattered and the enemy loves that. Because when we, are, when we are here and we know that this is a confines and I'm in safe and I can be safe in the, in the confines of, of God. You know, one of the things I think about is like we think about our children. Like my kids, it's very simple. When we're in the house and the doors are locked, they don't come to me and tell me, Daddy, can I go to my room? Daddy, can I go to the fridge? Daddy, can I go to the bathroom? They are free to roam all over the house, right? But then if they wanted to go outside, they have to come and ask me, especially if it's dark, do we go outside, right? 
And that's the beauty of being anchored in Christ. It's the same way. If you're in the confines of Christ, you have the freedom to do everything that's been provided to you. Because God is good. He's given us great things and a great amazing, amazing things, right? That's why I love stuff, which is good, right? Electronics, if you want to buy me something. But anyways, <laughs> so I, we can enjoy those things as long as we're in the confines of Christ, right? But the minute my child decides that they're going to go outside and I haven't, I, I'm, I'm not watching them and I don't know where they are, anything can happen out there. And so when we are anchored in Christ, we are prepared for whatever might come. And the enemy is loves to divide us. He wants to divide us and conquer us. And we've seen that during COVID, right? But we have to be anchored because when we are anchored, we have a narrow vision. Number two. Are you guys hearing this? You guys are looking, give me that look like, dude, what are you talking about? Is it the accent or we are good? Okay, just checking. Okay, perfect. So number two, what is affecting your anchor? The very number one thing that's affecting our anchor is our comfort. We love our comfort. See, we want to be anchored in a, in a five-star hotel with room service, sending somebody to get our groceries, checking in to make sure that it's just delivered exactly in my house, right? And then we want everything, everything given to us. And guess what? We, are, we have adapted this in our Christian work. We have adapted this in our Christian work. We don't want to be tied to something because what if there's a new thing that we need to rush to? What if this thing is doesn't, you know, it's, it's, it's holding me back. It's holding me back from what I want to do, right? But if we really want our anchors to stay, we have to be willing to lose our comfort, right? See, it's difficult when you are anchored in a place that is not comfortable. But when we read the Bible, Paul, they went through stuff that were uncomfortable, Right? In this world, there will be troubles, right? See, it's hard to be anchored when we see all our friends and family choosing luxurious things, you know, doing all the things that they want because for them, they're not anchored, but we want to be like them. We want to be cool on Facebook. We want to be cool on Twitter. We want to be cool on Instagram, right? We want to show them what we want to do. See, this work is not easy, but the benefits are out of this world, Right? John 16:33 says I have told you this thing that so you may so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence in the world you have tribulation and trial and distress and frustration but be of good cheer take courage even during covid be confident knowing that Christ is taking care of us be certain that we shall endure thee undaunted for I have overcome the world I have deprived this power to harm you and have conquered it for you that is Jesus saying that but are we really walking in that confidence? If I listen to the last week conversation you guys have been talking, some of you asked stuff, could I really say that we are really confident and Christ has really conquered it for us? When your friends hear you speaking and talking, do they really think that you have a Christ who has conquered and overcome these things for you? When your family look at you, seeing how you're reacting during this period and this time, do they really say, yes, there is an assurance of Christ in you? We've got to watch our comfort. We've got to be willing to lose our comfort. The next point is, and affecting our anchor, is lack of knowledge. My people perish because they lack of knowledge. See, we miss, them, we miss the point where we forsake all things and follow Christ. 
all things. You have to forsake all things, right? Seek God first and his righteousness and all things will be added to you. But only the things that we need, right? But see, the problem is we think because we lack the knowledge, we think we can, double, we can be double anchored. And this, you know, I'm not talking about the diversification. I'm talking about we think that we can be double anchored. You can be in Christ in one leg and you can be with the world on the other side. Right? And I know you're thinking, if I'm talking about anchoring a boat, you can have one in the back and one in the front. But when it comes to the spiritual world, that's not what I'm talking about. What's going to happen is this, it's, think about it, you're being anchored in two plates that are moving. One is, there's water, there are two, two plates on water. One is one leg on one and one on the other. A storm comes, what's going to happen to you? Are you going to move in unison? Okay, some of you have done gymnastics, so you're probably like, let me tell you something. If I move this up here and I change the other one this way, you know, no. The truth is, you will break, yeah. Right? But see, the thing is, we think that because we can double a little bit in Christ, we can double a little bit in coming to church, we can check a few things, but then we can continue to be anchored in our oddly way. That needs to change. Christ is a generous God. He does not want double anchoring. He wants single anchoring to him. And then my third point under affecting our anchor is pride. I can do it on my own. I do not need anyone. I'm self-sufficient. See, we live in a community where it's all about us. It's all about selfie. It's about me. I want me. I want my life. I want this. You can't tell me what this is. And the problem with that is you do that in the world, and then it translates to your spiritual work as well. Right? I've heard some people say, church, I can do church by myself, which is a lie because the Bible doesn't say that. I had people say, no, I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. I read my Bible and I pray. No, you can't do that. You need to be anchored where there are other believers. You need to be anchored where, where we as a church come together and we worship and we encourage each other, right? We cannot manipulate the anchor to be what it is not, right? And pride hurries us. It makes us want to hurry and do things. And because of that, we lack patience. Right? Hebrews 6.15 it says, And so it was that Abraham, having waited long and endured patiently, realized and obtained the birth of Isaac as a pledge of what had come, what God had promised him. And I know you might talk about Ismail, but you're talking about Isaac today. Abraham still waited. Right? But the thing is, because we want our things right now, because we are prideful on the things that we do, we do not want to wait because it's about us. It's about our time. It's about what I want, and I want it right now. It's a microwave. It's like, I want now. I cannot wait. But God is saying, if you need to be anchored in me, you have to have patience. And patience is a byproduct of not being proud. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. Okay. So, now that I've told you how um, we thought how to be anchored, I've told you how, what affects your anchor. Let's talk about how do we stay anchored in Christ. We stay anchored by resolving that we are going to stay in Christ. We stay anchored by resolving that this is. We talked about resolve, and he said resolve is what? Do you guys remember? Firm, 
Our firm determination to do something. That tells me you guys are not taking notes. <laughs> you guys will be here until nine. I'm going to do it again so you guys can do the notes again. Okay. So firm determination to do something. So if you firmly decide and say, when you firmly say, I am going to follow Christ. I'm going to be anchored in Christ. I am going to be, I'm not going to be immovable because I'm tethered to the one that is not immovable. That's what we are talking about. We are talking about the only way that we can stay anchored is by resolving, thinking and deciding that we are going to do that. Right? Because most of the time we are like, yeah, I think I'll be okay. No, you're not, it's, it's, it's not I think. Say, I will be okay because the promises are there. I don't see where the Bible says, if you follow me, I think you're going to be okay. If you follow me, I think I'm going to save you. If you follow me, I think you're not going to perish, but you might have eternal life. Right? Seriously, right? But our conversation, our thoughts, our prayer life, that's exactly what it looks like. We are praying to God. You're like, well, Lord, if you please do this, and I think it might. No, God is saying you need to resolve and decide that you're going to be planted in Christ. And if you're planted in Christ, you can tell God, God, I'm praying this and I'm trusting. And I'm saying, Lord, I'm holding you true to your promises. Right? He's not a liar. We learned that earlier today, right? A little bit earlier. That he is not a liar. His word is true. And if he says, I shall overcome this for you, he will overcome this for you. Right? So we have to resolve that we have to be planted in Christ. And I wrote here and I said, there is not a strong resolve. I can't be like, I will strongly... I will strongly resolve. It's just resolve. I can, I'm somewhat, you know, it's kind of like what we talk about nowadays. It's like, is he a Christian or he's a strong Christian? Right? You are, you are either a Christian or you're not a Christian. There isn't like a Bible, Bible following Christian or a Bible reading Christian. You are either a Christian or you're not a Christian. So the same breath, if you either you resolve that you're going to be planted in Christ and you're going to stay within the veil and you're going to be planted or you resolve that you're not. There is no way, there is none of that. You know, one of my favorite saying is just do it, Nike, right? Just do it. It's not like I might, Nike doesn't say you might run. Maybe walk, right? It says just do it. Right? And it's the same thing. We need to resolve. Because you look in the Bible, you see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego on this. They, they resolved that no matter what happened, they would not bow to idols. Right? right? Daniel said, no matter what happens, I am still going to pray three times a day. Joseph, as a young man, he was promised a kingdom. And he said he resolved that he would honor God no matter what happened. He resolved that he would never do anything that compromises integrity. He resolved on waiting until God had delivered him and given the kingdom that he had already spoken. Do you have the same resolve in your heart? Do you have the same resolve in your heart? Right? Because that's what we need to. We need to have that resolve that no matter what happens, because 2021 is going to be great, but 2021 is going to be challenging. Yeah. 2022 will be even more challenging as we go, as we get closer. Because if I know for sure what the Bible says, this walk is not going to get any easier. 
And if you don't make a decision today how you're going to behave or how you're going to respond today, tomorrow you're going, to find your, you're going to find your heart failing you. The Bible says that man's heart will fail them. It's talking about us if we do not resolve that we're going to be planted in Christ. My second point, oh, time, I don't like time. How do, how do we stay anchored? My second point is be immovable. Be immovable. One of I've been watching. No, haven't. Not as much, but I watched uh, big ships. You know, like the big ships that they do, like the carnivals and uh, the cruises and stuff like that, right? So when they make those ships, they'll make them and then they'll take them to the ocean and literally they'll. So let's say this is a ship. It looks like this. They'll literally, although they'll just like pull it in. No, they come in here and they lean it and they drop it. I know, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> it was amazing. Because they will just bring it and the water is here. And instead of literally just pulling it, they will literally drop it. And the thing will go almost to the end. And then it will stand. That's what I want my Christian faith to look like. It doesn't matter how hard I get hit. It doesn't matter how big thing comes in my life. It doesn't matter what fits us. No matter what comes our way. I want my faith and my strength and everything to be that resolved that no matter how bad I get hit, no matter how hard I get pushed, that I bounce back in because I'm anchored to Christ. And I have a part to pray. I have a part to play, which is I have to be, I have to spend my time in my word. I have to pray. I have to fast. I have to read my word. I have to seek Christ with everything I have. That's how I stay anchored. And no matter what happens, I am immovable because I'm anchored to the one that's immovable. I encourage you to go watch one of those videos. You understand what that means. And then my third point under what is affecting your anchor. Oh, no. Uh, How do we stay anchored is desire nothing outside the confines of Christ. Seriously, desire nothing outside the confines of Christ. James 1, 14, 15 says, But every person is tempted, and when he's drawn away, enticed and baited by his own evil desire, lust and passions, then the evil desire, when it has been conceived, give birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully matured, bring forth death. It starts with a desire. Desire only the things of God. Desire only to be in the confines of Christ. Stop looking around. Resolve that this is where you belong. Resolve that this is where you belong. There's a song, uh, there is no one else for me, but Jesus, I thought I would sing, but tomorrow. Um, There is no one else for me, but Jesus. Crucified to set me free, I now give him my praise. There is no one else but Christ. So if really you're singing that there's no else but Christ, why are you looking out there? What are you searching? Your past is not that good without Christ, right? Your future is not good without Christ. Your now is not good without Christ. So then why are you looking, right? Resolve that you will not be looking around, but you continue focusing your eyes on Christ, and that's the only way you can stay anchored. Desire nothing outside the church of God. See, here is where we get encouragement from each other. 
Here is where we check each other's ring to make sure that we are anchored right. Here is where we check each other's rope and say, bro, your rope looks like it's tearing. Man, why did you get that new rope? Why are you using that new rope? I know that Christ's rope doesn't look like that. Right? Bro, hey, why, why are you, why are you doing the things you're doing? What are you doing out there? This is where we get to check each other. And sisters, we get to check each other. Right? Because sometimes we are so hit by like shaking and things are moving. But if we have our brothers and sisters to, to check where we are anchored, then they can pull us back. So desire nothing outside the church of God. Here is where we get encouragement. Here is where we check each other's rings to make sure they are tied right. Here is where, here is where we make sure that our anchors are strong and within the veil. Because if I see you dragging your anchor, going out the veil, out of the veil and moving, I'll tell you, hey man, you're pulling that man. And it's a lot of work pulling that. Sister, you shouldn't be pulling that. Come back. Come back. Here you shall find rest. You shall find Christ. Who was playing? Oh, Rust. Rust a man. Awesome. So as we close... I'm asking you to tether your anchor, to tether your robe back to the anchor of Christ. We think about the prodigal son. The prodigal son, when he left and went and scattered everything, his dad waited. His dad waited. He was there every single day looking, just waiting in his compound saying, I cannot wait to see my son. His son went out there and he, he left his anchor and he went out. And life found him. And I know some of us as we think about today, you might have left your comfort. You might have left your, you might have left your protection. And you've gone out there and you realize today that you are not anchored to Christ. There's no peace within you. You're looking for a break. It looks like every single time you almost get it and then something bad happens. And you feel like you're in the same place. And the reason is because your anchor is not within the veil. And as long as your anchor is out in the world, it will keep being tossed right and left. It doesn't matter what happens. So today I'm calling you and asking you, will you please come back? Will you please come back? Your dad is waiting. When the prodigal son, he came and his dad saw him, he ran to him. He ran to him. And he said, I've been waiting for you. And came and restored him. And that's the God that we serve. Today God has said, I've been waiting for you. Come and let me restore you where you belong. Next to me. Anchor to me. And here is a promise for you. I never lie. The promises that I've already spoken, the things that I've already spoken are true and amen. And when I promise you that you have experienced things out there that you shouldn't as a child, and this is the place that I need you to be, trust my words that I, I will take care of you. I will restore you. I'll rebuild you. And you'll be anchored in someone that's not immovable. If that's you and you're here, and you just realize that you, you're not anchored where you should be. I want to pray with you. 
If that's you, and yes, you might be within the veil, but you're pulling your own anchor and trying to manipulate it in a different place. I want to pray with you. If that's you and you are not even sure where your anchor is, I want to pray with you. Lord Jesus, I thank you today, God. I thank you, Father, because, Lord, you're reminding us, Lord, you're calling us to you, Lord. The Jehovah God, when you gave up your own son, was because you want us to be reconciled with you. And if you can go to that extent where you are giving up your only begotten son, how much more are you willing to bring us back if we've left the confines of where we need to be? I pray for your people today, God, that you may restore them in the name of Jesus. That you may bring them back home, Lord. Just like the prodigal son, you saw him coming, Lord, and you, uh, the dad saw him coming, and he, he went and ran and grabbed him and clothed him and brought him home. I pray the same for our people today. And if you are here and you haven't given your life to Christ, or online and you haven't given your life to Christ, I want you to think about the beauty of giving your life to Christ, where you don't get to do it alone where you don't get to fight to drag your anchor by yourself but you get to be somewhere where there is peace where there is peace peace that surpasses understanding and if that's you say this prayer with me Lord I want to come back home I want you in my heart I want you to transform me today Forgive me for trying to do it on my own. Restore me to be your child. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me and purify me. In the name of Jesus. And if you've said that prayer, if you're online or here, that means you've been born again. And that means that Christ is going to do amazing things in your life. But you need to be anchored in a church, in a place where we can check your robes, we can check your, your rings, we can make sure that we love on you and continue to to bring you to Christ. Lord, as we go out today, Father, we pray, Lord, that we may not forget this message, Lord. I need this message, God, because like we talked about our boat, sometimes the heats, especially of this season, oh God, they are a little bit too hard, Lord. And sometimes, Father, it's so easy to feel like the food, like we are, we are, we're gonna just drown and the boat is gonna turn around, Lord. But I thank you, Lord, because Lord, as long as we are anchored to you, Lord, it does not matter how big the heat is, oh Lord. It does not matter how much we are pushed, God. It does not matter how much we are pulled, O King of Glory, God. What matters is that we are anchored to you, Lord. So, Lord, I thank you, God, for that promise, Lord. I thank you, Father, because our promise is steadfast and promising and strong and is immovable, Lord. I thank you because you love us and you care so much about us. Bless your people tonight as they live, oh God. I pray a covering over that word in the name of Jesus, Father. That the enemy does not touch it. I praise you and I worship you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.